When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, so I, I, I really believe that, you know, you saw a Kirk Cousins last year that continues to progress. I mean, this is a guy who had success back in Washington when O'Connell was back there. But I think he's still getting better. And I think he can get better. We still may have not yet seen the best of Kirk Cousins to come here. That's why when we talked about Justin Jefferson and what he said about being the best receiver, I think it's completely feasible. So if they can hit the ground running and get started from week one and be on the same page, I think this team has a chance to compete. I really do, my. Ooh, a little, little Mike Garofolo optimism there. Did you guys see the debut this morning of uh, former fifteen hundred ESPN intern Jamie Erdahl on Good Morning Football? I, I just Killing did. Yeah, yeah, new set too, huh? Or, or are they doing a new set because they're in front of like a a, a view of the outside now? Oh, I just saw a couple of clips on yeah. social media, so I didn't I didn't yeah. pay much attention to the to the set. I was just there changes. for the takes. Yeah, changes are afoot on Good Morning changes. Football. This is Mackie and Judd. And speaking of changes being afoot, today marks. I'm going to start with the first statement here, boys, on the Statement Monday. Okay? Let's just dive right in here. Today marks the day of a new era of Vikings football, officially. You might say that, like, oh, it was when O'Connell got Mm -hmm. hired or whatever. Um, But this is the day that a new era of Vikings football actually begins. Players reporting to camp here. Practice starting this week. I am excited for an offensive-centric young coach, great communicator. I'm excited for a coach-quarterback relationship that actually might have a chance to mirror what some of the other relationships look like around the NFL. When you're you you know you're collaborating and maybe you're texting each other once in a while at 9 o'clock because you have a play concept pop in your mind. I mean, how many times did that happen over the last four or five years? Probably never. So I am excited for an official new era of Vikings football to begin on the eve of training camp practice. And I, I believe that um, our friend Kevin Seifert of ESPN, who is covering the team again, had a note yesterday, a tweet that like 31 players reported. So it wasn't just the r- rookies. It was actually, I saw Kirk coming in. Kirk came in on Sunday. Kirk's there right now. Kirk's learning. Kirk's in the classroom right now. So yeah, this is as... This is as curious and as um, optimistic as I've been about changes to this team and the fact that it's going to feel different in a long time. Uh, probably last time I felt so- something like this was 2018 when Kirk was signed and we, you know, that defense coming back yeah. off the success of 2017 had been great. And we really thought, you know, final piece of the puzzle here, Kirk Cousins going to be the final piece of the puzzle. You know, 
it became pretty apparent when you missed the playoffs then in 18 that something's gone wrong, right? Like that team was way too good not to at least make the playoffs. And, and obviously uh, how things ended there against the Bears was pretty bad. So, yeah, I'm with you. I am between the Wolves and the Vikings. I am really, really excited just because we don't know. And it looks like it's, if nothing else, it's going to be changed for the better, right? Oh, oh, we know with the Wolves. Okay. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what it is yeah. that you don't know I do, about I the am Wolves, not, but, dude, but we know. I was at 50, 50 win yeah, all right. floor for the Timberwolves. I was right. at opening night 89 at the Metrodome, okay? I'm slowing my roll there, but I'm very okay, optimistic. Yeah. But I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic. And with the Vikings, my expectations aren't nearly as high as they're going to be for the Wolves going into the season. But in fairness, uh, my expectations are going to be all the things that you just said. And as a fan of football, I am looking forward to seeing what this offense can do. Football. Damn right. This is a fan. I mean, we, we got to watch the games, right? Might as well be fun. So let's get it. We got to watch the games. I mean, no, but I mean, I can't, I can't go. I can't like... Say, you know what? This Vikings game sucks. I'm going to go watch the Do you not like watching games? Yeah. Is that what you just said? No, I want red zone. No, if if I we was not, if I did not do my job, I would be a red zone guy. I love the games, but I want to watch, I, in my ideal world, I'd love to watch as many games as possible. And we have to watch, and it's fine, the Vikings. But they might as well be fun to watch then. And this offense could be fun to watch. This is what happens, kids. The red zone is the greatest A football ever. team absolutely sucks your soul out over the course of five decades. You're just like, I guess I got to watch no, this you know what? one again. God oh, invented, the Lord invented the Red Zone channel for a reason, gentlemen. And that is so that we can consume as much football as possible with Scotty Hansen at the dials. Okay. Hey, okay. What is, speaking of which, and I don't know that the Red Zone channel is included in this, but this whole subscription thing the NFL is rolling out today. Okay, yeah. What are you getting with that that you aren't already getting with your other subscriptions to all the big, like if I subscribe to YouTube TV and I get to watch all of, like what what are the extra things I get with an NFL subscription? Game Pass, right? Uh, you get Game Pass, which I know has been finicky. Like some people were complaining about the the functionality of of Game Pass from last right. year, and then also but that's just like watching the games after they're over, right? Yeah, yes. like doing reviews, and then but also so it's not it's not the League Pass; it's just the. Okay. You can then also stream because you can't technically stream a local game on your phone here in Minneapolis. Like J- like Judd and I can't watch the Vikings game on our phone. I believe you have to do it through the local. So if you had the but if you had the NFL Pass thing, you can. Okay, it allows that to be a thing now. And you can okay. also allow, I think watch not out of market games. That's what you know Sunday tickets for. But yeah, that you can now if you wanted to, if you were on the road, you could watch. If you're on the road in Minnesota, you could watch your favorite team play. Wait a second. So if you're if you live in Minnesota mm-hmm. and you're a Bears fan, but that's that's no, no, the no. Sunday ticket. No, no, no. If, if uh, Vikings, let's say I am on the road, okay, I, I don't have access to a television. My local channels, my antenna channels. Oh, I can you're now just watch like on three ninety four. You're like in Woodbury or something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Wherever like you've got to Woodbury, yes. you're oh, like I'm, yes. I am far away from my home in Woodbury. Okay, yes. What can I do? <laughs> yeah. Fire up the. Okay, I get it. Aren't you a lot like if you have YouTube TV though? Aren't you and you stray away from home or something? Aren't you? Couldn't you just watch Fox on your? I don't think YouTube TV I thought, subscription. I, I didn't think that works. I don't. I don't think it works like that for for football games. I have no idea. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, all right. One subscription Anyways, service hey, I don't need more of. Okay, I have like nine listen, of them. Uh, we, we we clearly have the inside yeah. info. What you get with the NFL's new subscription package. 
<laughs> yes, we do. All right, my statement is this regarding the opening of training camp. Now, to be clear, so the rookies and a bunch of players reported on Sunday. I don't know what they're doing today. Uh, there's going to be a Kevin O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa press conference on Tuesday, and then they're going to take, take the field for the first time for a practice on Wednesday. And August 1st is the first day that they can put on pads. So this unfolds slowly. But my statement is this. Don't sleep on it. And by that, I mean the defense. Um, I'm very curious to see what Kirk and his offense can do. That being said, this defense, for a variety of reasons, I think it's fair to say, gentlemen, was awful in 2021. Like, it fell off the cliff. It was terrible. And in going to a 3-4 base defense for the first time since the 80s, in in altering things, and bringing in Zadarius Smith and getting Hunter back, I am extremely, extremely interested in what this defense presents. And I will say this, from uh, putting together what O'Connell has talked about and why he brought in Ed Donatell, who's going to bring in a form of the Vic Fangio, very popular defense. Uh, The Vikings are definitely counting on having their defense give their offense some a variety of looks that you see now on a weekly basis. And so it's going to be, if this thing can, if guys stay healthy and can fire on all cylinders correctly, what can the step be like is my question. Mm. Because it was really bad last year. Yeah, I think uh, we're going to, I said this last week on Purple Daily. If Daniil Hunter is healthy, What's going to happen is we're going to go way too far giving credit to how great Ed Donatel and that scheme are compared to Mike Zimmer. Look how outdated Mike Zimmer's scheme was. Ed Donatel has his finger on the pulse of the NFL in 2022, which might partially be the case, but just having Daniil Hunter back, and if Zadarius Smith is even like, you know, 75, 80% of the player he was in 2019 when he was one of the two or three best edge rushers in the NFL. So it's I think some of it's scheme and some of it's just oh, we're just going to get a Hall of Fame edge rusher back and hopefully he plays 15-plus games, you know? No offense to Ed Donatel. Smart guy. I feel like, you're, I feel like it's a little bit of a slight, like, right away. Easy like, Ed. Yeah, well, I mean, people are like, look at look at what Teron Liu did with the Cleveland Cat. No, it was LeBron. <laughs> Teron pretty much Liu was run a really good coach. Yeah, I, good I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Yeah. I mean, come on, let's no, give credit where credit is Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and LeBron James. He's fine. He's a decent coach. The minimizing is very upsetting here. Very upsetting. Uh, my first statement with uh, training camp set to begin is who pushes someone for a roster spot? So last year, KJ Osborne, right? He had a great camp. No one really saw it coming. Went from like a bottom tier receiving depth chart guy who couldn't field punts to then turning around and working his ass off in camp. Made a nice, uh, made a lot of great plays and, 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 and TikTok videos, even that Judd filmed of KJ Osborne. Uh, grabbing some some great balls oh. from Kirk Cousins. And we're going to see more of those, by the way, on our TikTok channel. We're almost to 7,000 subscribers, uh, so hit the subscribe button. Cheap plug for our TikTok channel. Judd will eventually maybe do dancing, but one Judd yeah, Zolgad TikTok. We had two go viral over the weekend. We did. Great. We did. What was that? Which uh, ones? Uh, AJ and Artis, our, our, our fantastic team behind Love the scenes, that. are just pumping out the TikTok content. Yeah, and, they're uh, good. That's great. And, and we're now close to 7,000 subscribers. So, uh, yeah, But if K.J. Osborne can take that next step to like a legitimate wide receiver three, which you saw last year, can Kellen Mond push Sean Mannion for the backup job? Will Kene Nuwangu maybe push Alexander Madison for the backup running back job? 
I mean, how does even Lewis Seen fit behind Harrison Smith and Cam Bynum? And as, as much as we talk about running it back with the 2022 Vikings, it's the same core players, the same offense, basically. It's a little bit tinker, different defense. Um, there's probably a player or two that we haven't really thought about that hard uh, that is going to push someone out. And I'm curious to see who that is. And that's what training camp is for. We kind of forget about some of these rookies or the sophomores that are coming into their uh, second season in the NFL and who pushes someone who we know for a roster spot. Are there any sort of surprise cuts? You know, every, every year you can kind of look and say, usually two or three veterans that maybe you otherwise wouldn't think of, but then as the season gets closer, oh, okay, interesting. That guy's, maybe there's somebody else mixing in his position or something. Are there any guys like that that you can think of, Judd, that are, that you, you don't think that they're in danger right now, but actually, like C.J. Ham. I could see C.J. Ham not making the roster. I think C.J. Ham's a lock. Me too. Um, but, but here's one, and... It borders on on what you're talking about here, Phil. I'm not sure it would be a surprise. B.C. Johnson to me. Like, there's a ton of competition there. I think we're just, you know, like, he's going to be the fourth guy, right? It's going to be K.J. Osborne and B.C.'s back. Well, slow slow your roll a little bit there. Um, Do I see a major surprise? Like, uh, oh, my God, these guys mean business. Not off the top of my head. Like, I, I don't see one where, where it's like, you know what? Patrick Peterson can't play. Bleep him. He's gone. I don't see that one. I guess the Not only... yet, at least. Yeah, I'm trying to think of offensive linemen. If, like Wyatt Davis. He's not a veteran, but right. he's a third-round pick from you know 15 months ago. Right. And he is nowhere to be found. You said he wasn't even really getting run with the second unit in the offseason workouts. And I think he's way down that depth chart. I think he's behind the two veterans that they signed. I think for sure he's behind Ed Ingram. So, yeah, that's one who he could definitely. I'm not going to be surprised by almost any cut they make from the 2021 draft class because it's not theirs. Yeah. So, so like, it, you could go and say, you know what? Rick whiffed. You fired Rick. Not our problem. Yeah. You know who's uh, who's very high on the, the depth chart here on Mackie and Judd, at least in the, the Mackie household, and hopefully soon in the Zolgad household. Nutrisource, specifically the chicken and rice food here. Again, this is for the YouTube audience. This is young Maya Mackie here, and uh, this is a slow-motion video of what it looks like. No, she just goes that about slow. to be served yeah. she, a half cup. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> She's... This is what this is how slow she is before we feed her nutrients, <laughs> and then afterwards. Yes. So so listen up. If Stella is is within ear range here, okay. Our goal here in the next several weeks is to see if Stella can be as excited about Nutrisource as Maya is, a third generation family owned and operated business out of Purim, Minnesota. But they are serving up their food in all fifty states, and you can go to Nutrisource. Uh, petfoods.com to find a retailer near you. Does Stella know how to use the internet or does dad have to do this for her? Oh, no. Stella's smart. Stella's smart. Okay. Dad's dumb. Mm-hmm. Stella's very smart. Mm-hmm. She'll take care of the whole thing. And if it means good food, she'll do it today. Yeah. And it's all about, really, digestion and gut health, yes, which is, is really a theme for more than just Maya Mackie in the Mackie household. Or mm-hmm. old and Stella's a little old, too. Things. You know what? So, so it's going to help her maintain her quality of life. Feel good. Yes. She is very much on board with the switch. The official dog food of Mackie and Judd. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer near you. Also, our friends at Dennis Kirk. 
still riding season for it. I feel like when the football season starts, then then fall riding season hits. So we still have maybe several months of riding season. If you like to get out on your Harley, your Indian, your Metro Cruiser sport bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. They have 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. If you order before 8 p.m., they ship the same day and shipping is free on orders over $89. Ride more, wait less at DennisKirk.com. Okay, my next statement here. I think there's a good chance we're about to see the highest scoring Vikings offense since 2009. Mm. So I believe Mike Zimmer, and it's funny putting like offense and Mike Zimmer in the same sentence because we know that he just outsourced offense, but he was the head coach and kind of oversaw the offense from 30,000 feet. So in the Mike Zimmer era of Vikings football, they only cracked the top 10 in scoring offense once, and it was in 2019. Kevin Stefanski's final year, right? His year as offensive coordinator. Yes. Yep. And so uh, they were eighth in scoring that year. And so as I did a little more digging on this, the 2009 Vikings were second in scoring. That would be an aggressive jump to go from where I think they were like 14th in scoring last year to jump up to two mm-hmm. in the first year of, of Kevin O'Connell. But did you guys know that since the year 2000, the Vikings only have one top five scoring offense, and it was the Brett Favre 2009 Brad Childress kick-ass really? offense. Yeah. I would have thought That's 2004 it. possibly. So 2004, this is where, yeah, 2003 and four they were sixth in both okay. of those years. And they were okay. number one in yardage in 2003, but in terms of scoring. Right. And so, yeah, they had a couple. Mike Tice had a couple really good offenses that were sixth in back-to-back years. Go back to the Denny Green era, and I'm again, I'm just talking points per game. Mm-hmm. So they were top five in scoring in 1992, 95, 98, 99, and 2000. So basically, five out of the ten years that Denny Green was there, they finished top five in scoring. And that's kind of what I want to get back to here. They're not playing outdoor, cold-weather football. Oh. It's indoors. It's one of the state-of-the-art indoor stadiums. It's track meet football that has been, in my life watching the Vikings, that's been the most successful strategy. And they got the weapons to make it happen. They have an accurate quarterback. So I, I would love to see this thing. And I, and I think there's a good chance that I, I wouldn't guarantee a top-five scoring offense, but they should they should flirt with it much more aggressively than they did with Mike Zimmer for, for eight years. If they're not in the top eight in scoring, I'm disappointed. Even in year one? I, I think that's fair. Yeah, because those weapons. I yeah. mean, the weapons are when, if they didn't have Jefferson, I'd be like, okay, they're pretty good, but they'll probably be like, uh, I don't know, top, again, 13, 10, something like that, maybe. But, I mean, you've got Justin Jefferson. You've got a guy who is lethal to defenses. Yeah. Why not? Let's get it. Why not? LFG. LFG. I'm being optimistic. Us. Optimistic Judd. I hope you like it. How long is this going to last? Yeah, Judd's going to Judd's going to see. I got I got big expectations. Happen. I got big You're expectations. You're going to see Cousins is going to throw a pick in a practice on Wednesday at you know three forty five p.m. and Afternoon Judd's going to race. I forgot to tell you guys. Denigrate him. Full disclosure: I forgot to tell you guys late last week. I don't know why. I had a dream that Kirk threw two picks. Just in a, in a game or in, in a, a practice? Game. No, a game. He was he was in a game. I was watching from the sideline, and he tried to force two balls into coverage, mm. and both were picked. And one was in the Reds. Or I'm sorry, one was deep in the Vikings' territory themselves. So I think it might have got returned for a touchdown. I don't know. So why. you're now you're now manifesting Kirk Cousins' failure in your dreams. 
This is how, this is how, I see this is how deep into the Kirk this hater how, lifestyle you are. <laughs> the Kirk hater lifestyle. Join me in the Kirk hater lifestyle care package. We should package. launch a Kirk hater Patreon. Reddit for Judd. The yeah. care package. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk hater Patreon. Yeah. $5 tier, $10 tier. Every day. Yeah, for, for the $5 tier, every day, Judd will give you 500 words on why Kirk is a terrible quarterback. Join me at my favorite bar where yeah. we we'll are all get together and slander Kirk Cousins. I just had the dream. It's not my fault. Subconscious. All right. All right. Um, so we're, we are on PD today going to do a deep dive into 10 guys that I think are going to be under the radar potential players. But I want to bring up one right now because I think we're assuming something and we're probably right, but I don't know that we're right for sure. And here is the statement. Ty goes to the Chandler. Wow. So wow. So oh my wow. God. Ty oh, Judd's, Judd's keys is coming in here. Ty, Ch- Ty Chandler, fifth round pick in the 2022 draft from North Carolina. Let me give you his speed, okay? Close to 4.38 in the 40. Showed really good ability first for uh, Chip Scoggins, Tennessee Volunteers, and then for North Carolina. And, you know, we are assuming, and I think we're right about this, but we are thinking that that there's going to be a package of plays possibly or something to expand on the athletic ability of 2021 draft pick, Kane Nwongo, who is very impressive. And I like the kid a lot. But Ty Chandler has attributes as well. And they drafted Ty Chandler. And I'm just I'm just going to remind you, I think the 2021 draft class is going to get a long look. So I'm not saying that they're going to be dismissed. But make no mistake, they are not the draft picks of this front office and coaching staff. This year is. So I just I think I think it's worth keeping an eye on what Ty Chandler does in the Kane role as well, because I think it might come down to a battle of those two to see who can give you more athletic ability wise. So, okay, do you think, would would they ever keep on the roster, would they ever keep, what's my math here, four running backs and a fullback? Or would it would it have to be three running backs and a fullback? A lot of this depends or on does, special teams. Exactly. Does a fullback count as, like, one of the tight end spots? Like an H-back? Yeah, like an H-back. Wow. That's a, yeah, that's, uh, right. Dex might have nailed it there. Football. Dex might have nailed that. That's a great yes. KOC, give me a call. Because you could cut a tight end then who's just going to block and right. say that Ham that, that these are our tight ends slash H backs on the depth chart and then cut one of and keep Ham. That's a great yeah. Because I guess what where I was going to go Very is if, thank you. If if they felt like they were only going to keep three running backs and not four, which even with Declan's scenario could be plausible. Would they cut Wang Wu? I don't think they're going to cut four, a four two, you know, a four three forty or whatever it is. And obviously, yep. Ty Chandler is someone they want to take a look at. They just drafted him. Alex Madison, yeah, went below four yards a carry last year. So I think the first two years oh, we were all very much. Uh-huh. I'm just going to throw. Some, I'm just going to throw. Something no, out I there, know, right? but I, I no, see where you're. Go- I see where you're going. Yeah, a- Alexander Hater. Madison for the first two years of his career, I think was like one of the top three running backs in the division. It was Dalvin Cook. Aaron Jones, and then Madison think, was th- better than anyone the Bears or Lions had, but he took a big dip last year. Could you trade him uh, for like a fifth round pick to a desperate team? I believe you said last year going into the season he was the third best running back in the NFC North. He was mm-hmm. behind Dalvin and Aaron Jones, or however you wanted to label it. I think it's solution one to start, which would be someone's going to go down with an injury. Some starting running back's going to go down for an injury. Like the Ravens lost like seven right. starting running backs last year before like week six. 
Uh, so I think there could be a trade there. But then if he doesn't show anything in Nwangu and Chandler, by the way, like don't forget about yeah, Ty Chandler to, to Judd's point, point, he might just be expendable, dude. He just might, they might just say goodbye if, if no one wants him. Yeah, it's. I mean, Madison, you're talking about? Yes, Madison. That's what I'm talking yeah, about, he's, Madison. He's 23. He just turned 24 years old. He's good. I don't think he's one of those guys that you're going to give 200 carries to. But, yeah, like you said, how many? There's going to be four running backs that go down with ACL injuries or something in the preseason or training camp. Right. That, so what could you get in a trade for Alexander Madison if you really like the other two guys and have a plan for them behind Dalvin Cook? Day three pick. Yeah, I think you can get like well, a fifth, fifth. sixth-round pick That's or something. Great. I'd take yeah. a fifth, yeah. So the and I think the conundrum here on on Wangwu and Chandler is this: in 2022, with what they bring speed wise, could you get either through to the practice squad starting with Chandler? You know, it's like so. Could could you could you like Chandler, cut him and sign him back to the practice squad? But I got to think a team like the Chiefs, right, yeah. would be like yeah. hell no. We'll take a the shot. The other on thing that about the other thing that makes trading Madison somewhat appealing here is that. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the season, and there is zero chance that you're going to resign him because he's going to go and make. And he's a running back. He's, you're going, right. to, he's going to make a couple million dollars or something. Like he's going to make more money than you would feel comfortable paying him mm-hmm. if you like the guys that you have that are younger than him. So, if you have a chance to get something for him and give a couple of speedy young running backs a chance to be the backups to Cook, it could make some sense. <laughs> could make some sense. Is it back to me here? Or back are we in to the me. Order? Back to, back to Dex. Okay. All right. Uh, my statement is: I am just ready for some football. I am. I am ready for some damn football. Training camp used to do nothing for me, to be honest. Like it used to do absolutely nothing outside of like the fun Brett Favre. Like, is he going to come here? Like that was awesome. And I was in high school for that. And it was appointment viewing, watching Sports Center, and being glued to any local TV radio, trying to figure out if Brett Favre was coming. But, um, but now I'm juiced. Like it, it, mid to late July is the sports dwell. Like it is the. Some people think it's the after the Super Bowl. I think mid-July is the the worst and most boring time in sports. Like, the All-Star game happens. There's even no sports that happened. Uh, I think Levitard coined the Wednesday after the All-Star game is single-handedly the worst day in the calendar year for sports because no, no one's playing. Literally, no one is playing. Uh, so now that it's mid-July, we're, we're even, even with the first-place ball club, I want to see what Kevin O'Connell brings to the Vikings. I want to see some hands in the mud. I want to see some special team gunners. I am just ready for some damn football. Give me all the training camp, dude. Bring it on. Let's go. Let's get Bring it. On some special football. teams gunners. You know you're desperate for football when you get excited. It's Declan just standing ovation when the special teams ah! go on. Yeah. Those are tough jobs. Yeah, man. it is. Those yeah. are tough jobs. Alley wedge left. You Let's get it. it. Can I come with you yep. to, to yep, training camp, Judd, and I can just watch special teams and gunners? Is that is that possible? Can you just focus on the offense and defense and I'll bring some special if, teams gunners? If you gunners sit in take? the stands, you can. I'm afraid I can't probably get you past. Are they not doing so? Do they not even do like a walkthrough, or is the walkthrough yeah. not available to me? Walkthroughs in, in the morning. I think it's available. Okay. But why but, can't I come? I, I'm, a, I'm a. I can get. Well, you got to you got to talk to people then. I can't. You know what? It sounds like you just don't want me there. Oh, that's partially true too. But I mean, I do need some stuff. So I mean, I I'm sure I could help. Uh, yeah, they they do wait. a walk they do a walkthrough press conferences, and then I think they're going to start practicing at two something two fifteen or something like that. Well, but I'm looking at the schedule here, and the walkthroughs don't actually start till Saturday. Is that so? Are they? Here's what they're probably they're probably doing a ton of classroom work, like meeting rooms and stuff, this week, and then their afternoon practices starting on Wednesday at two fifteen. So they're doing two fifteen Wednesday, Thursday, the U.S. Bank Stadium practice on Friday at three, and then Saturday is their first noon walkthrough, at least on the the schedule that we got. 
So, Declan, if you're really looking for, I mean, Saturday might be a great day for you. For that some, little walkthrough where they walk through special teams kickoffs and stuff, oh, that man. could really. I got bad news, guys. Oh, like, if, if you really want hand in the ground, snot dripping from from faces, blah, blah, blah. We're, you know, Dex, we're past that. This is now a thinking man's game. This is thinking time of, of year. Like Phil said, it's classroom, okay? So, like, the days of Childress conducting 12 consecutive Padded practices. Uh, the league, the league frowns on that now. Right. Who was was it? Childress that did the the, the big conditioning punishment yes. his first year too. Yes, two thousand six. It was closed and like they they like tarped off the Mankato fields. But yes, it was some like type of grueling conditioning thing. And of course, some guys didn't fare too well. That's why I quit football after eighth grade. Oh, Same. it's not fair. So so they do the conditioning 100%. thing. It was some sort of punishment, I remember. And you know, there's like how many, I don't know, they want to see 50 if you're in kids shape, or something. Shape, yeah. Well, no, but he, so someone left a thing, a roll of tape on the locker oh. room floor. And oh, one of the coaches God. said, okay. oh, we, you know, we keep our locker room clean. Now you all must run around two fields, do three, you know, two laps around two fields or something. And if all of you don't finish by, like all of you need to finish by this time, no. every last one of you, or you're going to run another one. And of course, there's always three fat kids no. that are. Yeah, and it's not their fault. Yeah. And they're not going to finish the second time because now they're tired. Right. Even That's even as someone who wouldn't play baseball instead, yeah. <laughs> even as someone who played baseball and like and ran some track, like, but I was more I was more sprinting than I was distance. Like, I don't understand the point of running just for the sake of running. Like, I joined, I did cross country for two weeks in high school, and I realized we're just we're just running. Like, they're, they're on a golf course, on, but, on a golf yeah. course, five Ks and training for distance running. I was like, this is dumb. I am out on this. this. There's no chance I can do this. One captain with practice. you on cross country. I made it through one captain's practice in July of '87 or so, and we ran and ran. And this was us. Like this was not coaches. Yet, high right? school. Yes. And I told, and I, I had been recruited. You know, hey, you're a big guy. You should play football. I'm like, okay, I'll come out and see you. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out on this. This is just a bunch of garbage. I'm, I, I'm being forced to run by high school kids. Imagine what adults will do to me. So I kept stats and criticized. And you're and still doing that. I'm still doing it. To this day, I still got I observe what you do wrong and critique it. It's much easier. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, we're, we're sort of we're at the halfway point here of statements on a Monday. So let's turn our attention, boys, to the first place baseball club that took a couple games from the Detroit Tigers. And uh, this edition of Twin Statements, presented by our friends that have gotten Judd from being a fat potential high school football player to, I think <laughs> now they would machine. recruit you to play. Yeah, they'd recruit you to play cornerback or kicker or something. Oh, uh, forget Crazy. about that. My, I'd say quarterback. Yeah, look at that guy. Look at the shape that he, he's in. And right now, you're saying, "How did you do it, Judd? How did you drop?" 40 pounds, and your your wife, Dawn, she's down my 12 wife. pounds. It's thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers who have helped me reshape that body that you are looking at right there. 52, never <laughs> better. And now you're saying, well, hold on a second, Judd Zolgad. If you can do it, I can do it. How can I do it? It's the simple start plan. $59. I sa- I'll say it again, 59 bucks. And here's the best part. One-on-one personalized and guided support online or in person, whichever is most convenient for you. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. In all seriousness, the Zolgad household down 50-plus pounds. Wow. Doing it with a, a, a t- you know, as a team, absolutely, absolutely a great call. Livia.com. Check them out. All right, we have a first-place ball club. Let's do it. We'll start with Judd here. Twins statements. 
on a Statements Monday. Oh, so many things to get to here, but I'm just going to go straight for uh, what, what transpired in a weird two-game series at Detroit in the fact they didn't play on Friday because of, uh, I think, some stadium issues in Detroit. And my statement is this. The Tigers are good medicine. <laughs> the Tigers are, when you are coming back from the All-Star break, and keep in mind, you went into the All-Star break. I think you lost three or four to the White Sox at home. Overall, going into the break, you had lost seven of ten. And then you get the Tigers, who, by the way, congratulations, they know how to cash it in. They're done. They they came back from the break, and they're like, we still, no, 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 we don't. No, we don't. And we they have to weren't be there. supposed to be they're this, supposed to be, right? They oh, were no, supposed, supposed to, be good. like, contend for a playoff spot They were supposed year? to be very competitive. Hinch, in what, his third year or so, they were supposed to be extremely competitive. Instead, they don't hit, they don't field, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say they don't give a damn. Outscored 17-5 to um, by the Twins in the two games. The Twins have six games left against this collection. And with how the Tigers are approaching the remainder of the 2022 campaign, I think it's safe to say the Twins should uh, win all six games. Good medicine. Yeah, it's a... Uh... I don't know. I, I didn't get too excited beating the Tigers two games in a row. I'd still like to to see some tougher competition before I. But um, yeah, I think you're uh, I think you're right about the medicine thing here. So I've I've got something on this Buxton hubbub. Okay, people are so John Shipley from the Pioneer Press was the first one to report this over the weekend. I'm going to give him credit because he's one of my favorite all time Twins beat writers. He used to cover the beat like ten years ago when I covered it for 1500 ESPN, and uh, Shipley would. Man, he would he would bulldog his way. Like if something didn't smell right, John Shipley was yeah, was on the case. Yes, even though he didn't necessarily have a, a baseball background, but uh, he was filling in on coverage this weekend, and he tweeted out Byron Buxton had a PRP injection in his right knee on Wednesday. Platelet that's platelet rich injection that promotes healing, and it's usually for people with like chronic knee injuries. You know, it's like arthritis issues and stuff. And uh, Buxton will be unavailable for at least the two-game series in Detroit and then reevaluate for the rest of this week here. They're off on this Monday today. So here's my statement. For people complaining about Byron Buxton missing the Detroit Tigers series, you need to calm down for two reasons. Number one, the PRP injection will probably help him stay on the field for the rest of the season at this point. So you... The way it works is you're you're supposed to your knee will feel better over the next three to six months. Like it'll gradually just feel a little bit better. Now after six months, all bets are sort of off. It might be in a better place. It might not. This might be chronic. We'll find out. But I'm okay with him missing a couple of games in the short term, getting this sort of cleaned up again at the All Star break, and then he's ready for the two or three month stretch run here. But the second reason why I think people need to calm down is even after missing those two games against the Tigers, Buxton is on pace to play 123 games this season which would be the second most games of his career. I think it's an amount of games that we all would have said yes to before the season. If we would have said, hey, we're going to give you 123 games, or you can choose door number two. I think everyone would have said, just give me the 123 games and we'll we'll take our chances on that. He's on pace for career highs in home runs, runs, RBIs, and wins above replacement. And so... I, I saw a lot of people, oh, classic, he needs a couple days off after getting five days off, or, you know, what's, uh, he's got a bad knee. Probably going to be bad for the rest of his career in parts. Maybe it's more inflamed because of that Red Sox play that happened a few months ago, but I am, uh, I'm optimistic that he's going to now be on the field for 
75% of the games going forward. And I think it's good to give him a couple extra days off the, the PRP injection. I'm not mad one bit, and here's why. We have to accept this is it now. Like, And, and yeah. this and this could be it for a while. This could be it for, it, it sounds from what it's been described by the Twins as chronic. That's a big problem. And so, yes, uh, one is he's playing enough to to certainly satisfy the, those of us who thought that the day that he actually played 100 games in a season wouldn't come, which it clearly hopefully is going to. But uh, beyond that, I think the key word here is acceptance. Like, we need to accept the fact, and it's sad. I mean, it sucks. It sucks that that this is probably, if indeed chronic, going to slow him down at some point in time, potentially fairly soon. Like, there's nothing about this that, that seems fair or right, and, and Buxton, when he is firing on all cylinders, is a marvelous athlete to watch. Forget baseball player. So I don't like that part. But there's nothing about this where I'm like now, oh, my God, he got that. Uh, you know, this is new news. The day they used the word chronic yeah. was the day that we that you had to say there has to be a level of acceptance. This is not a, a bruised hand. You know, this is not a bruised toe. This is a chronic knee condition, and those traditionally don't really improve a ton. Yep. So, yeah, I think if if, if there's – he's going to sit a game or two. I, I'm just sort of at peace with this, and that's, I think – Yes, that's well put. For all, all the questions that we all had as fans and media because they weren't being fully transparent at the start of the season, mm-hmm. and they've been more transparent now, like they came out and gave you the full update on the PRP injection – what they're doing is working. He hasn't landed on the injured list. He's going to play 120 plus games. So, you know, they're managing this pretty well. Yes. I would say. And and I like the the fact that they now went as far, I believe, on Saturday as providing the trainer to talk. That's the smartest thing. Just allow, you know, instead of Rocco trying to explain it, I like just make the trainer available. He explains it. He's not lying. He's telling yeah. you a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, I, I have accepted now that this is unfortunately where things are at, and I don't think it's really going to change. All right, my next statement. Uh, after watching an, another great performance against those lowly uh, Detroit Bengals, as I think Judd Judd said, there's no quitting those Bengals over the weekend, which was a great little term. Yep. Uh, my statement is I love what Jose Miranda brings to the Twins. So after a slow start, right, first 14 games, he had like three hits. He was overmatched offensively and even defensively. But, Judd wanted to and, ship and him out of town. Judd wanted him out. Judd wanted him, and base. Judd actually still hates him at first base. He doesn't I, really like him I don't there. know. I, hate, I, don't, I don't hate him. You've he seems like a really hate? good kid. I'm dubious of his skills at first, but, but at the plate, you are correct. Yeah, I hear he's dubious of your skills. Yeah, no kidding. Just on the show. I hear he loves to listen <laughs> and read and watch TikToks of Judd. He's That's what I hear. Fan. Big Score North fan. Uh, but the first 14 games for Miranda, he had like three hits, overmatched, but since then... So over his last 45 games, Jose Miranda is slashing 324, 368, 542. That's an OPS over 900. The dude is back to being the player that he was last year when he was a minor league player of the year. Yes, defensively, he's played both the corner positions, mostly first base over third base. He's been everything that the Twins have hoped he would be after being the minor league player of the year when he dominated at St. Paul last year. And he's a a nice piece of his first place Twins team. You know what also I, I love that he brings? He could also bring a potential trade ship here. 
So I'm not also going to rule out the fact oh, that this is a turn. This is my heel, heel turn. turn. This is my WWE heel, heel turn. turn right here. I love what he brings, but also I'm not ruling out the fact that he's untouchable. And in fact, I would sell high on a guy like this who was your minor league player of the year, who is now clicking offensively. I wouldn't be shocked at all if you use him and get him a, get yourself a piece that can help you make a playoff run. So don't rule it out. I love what Jose Miranda brings to the Twins internally and externally. Wow, what a, what a turn. Look at this. I, I didn't see that coming. God. That was like days in the making right there. Boom. You, oh, that was a thread? He, he would be, I'm with Declan on this one, okay? Yeah, that's fine. If you, you, you can't simultaneously be bitching about the Twins not having pitching right now, like or, or, or I guess I should frame it this way, because everyone has the right to be mad that they haven't developed more pitching. But if they don't have the trade pieces to get pitching because... Oh, you can't possibly trade Miranda. You can't possibly trade this guy, this guy, this guy. Well, if you want yeah. a top-end starting pitcher, you're going to have to give up something of perceived value. And uh, this guy who mashed in the minor leagues last year and who has now clicked, like Declan said, do you sell high on him? I think that what you can take some comfort in knowing is that he, he's never going to be like a gold glove defender, I don't think. So his, his upside is going to be limited because he's... Maybe he'll be serviceable at first base or third base, but you're not trading like a a five tool guy who can who can pick it like Scott Rowland or something. So uh, I'm I'm kind of with Declan on this one. So I, him out there. I just didn't see it coming. Like he was praising, right. praising, praising. I was getting bashed, and then he turns around and says it. But don't be afraid to trade him. The, the stock is rising right now. Like I just saw WWE stock has risen like ten percent this morning alone after Vince McMahon is officially <laughs> out. The Jose Miranda stock is also rising. Sell. Oh like my what God! Doing. What's going to happen with WWE if Vince is out? Uh, everyone, everything's going to be better. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Right, we're back to Judd. We are indeed. Here's my statement. In fact, it sort of plays off of what Declan is talking about to a certain point, at least part chapter one of, of Declan's statement, and it's this. Don't assume. I, I am not positive Miguel Sano is coming back on Tuesday. Um, the Twins have been very coy, very coy about, about the, the fact that a guy whose 20-day rehab assignment ran out on Saturday, and so he, he's not going to play more rehab games about what their plan is. Now, yes, Sano stands, Sano fans, Sano lovers. He hit 333 with five homers and 11 RBIs in his minor league rehab stint. But all of that being said, when Rocco was asked about it, he was incredibly evasive about what the plan is, what they might do. Um, and here's what... so. If they know that they're going to trade Miranda, right? Like, like if they know, okay, we're going to have to trade him. Maybe you bring Sano back, but mm. if but if you're not so sure about that, and I know Kepler got hurt and might go on the on the IL that he got hurt on Sunday, but you know what I was thinking about is this: if you bring Sano back, you almost have to get get him some at bats, right? But if Miranda isn't going to be traded or you don't think so, and you've got a little platoon at first base, which, by the way, is superior, I think, especially from an offensive standpoint, from what Sano provided before he got hurt in May, and you've got a pretty good situation at DH with, you know, Miranda DHing some, Arise, Buxton for sure. I don't know that there is a place, unless they know that there 
is a move coming even if Kepler goes on the IL? I don't know there's automatically a place to get snow at bats. And I guess my point is this. If you don't know that, what's the purpose of him being back here? If well, your only well, the, your only move is then to to DFA him. Yeah, uh-huh. that's my point. <laughs> so would you? Would you? But I wouldn't. I don't, be surprised. I don't think they're gonna. But there's no way they DFA him five days before the trade deadline. Well, I, I would be shocked. Can they get if something? They him. Can they get something for him? Well, here's here's the other thing to consider. Would they trade? Is there someone on their current? I mean, we talk about Miranda. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah. there someone that they would trade? But they but they might not be able to trade for five more days because teams aren't ready until you know 48 hours before the actual deadline. So could you? The obvious candidate, unless there's an injury that we'll we'll keep an eye on the Kepler thing, right? But the Kepler thing would be easy. Uh, sorry that it hurts a little bit. You're going on the injured list for a couple weeks, and right. then we'll just we'll bring you back and figure it out. But you could Celestino's bat has cooled way off since he was hitting like three fifty yeah. the first month and a half. But his bat has cooled way off. The problem is he's your primary defensive and that's, replacement for Buxton to, in center field. To but, me, that's huge though. That's important. So who plays Gordon, center if not who? Celestino? Gordon. Gordon, I guess. Who dropped a ball? Like I mean, I, he's God, really bad. God bless him, but dude, he is not my. Gordon, Gordon's been bad. Yeah. yeah, he had like a three week hot stretch or something, and people got excited. Liam, but and uh, disagrees with you there. Brother Liam loves him some Nick Gordon for whatever well, reason. Well, he tries hard, he, but he's not he has good. A 680 OPS. It is a very really golf like thing to attach yourself to obscure players, so it runs in the family <laughs> if, 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 I'm, if but, I can defend him. I, I think it was uh, the, the game on Saturday in Detroit, right? Where he just dropped a ball. Like it was sort of a line drive to him, and he just dropped it. Like, and he's yeah. going to make. He, he, in the outfield, he'll make the occasional great play. He will also make stupid plays. Well, Celestino let me give you. Doesn't. Let me give you a, a sort of a statement because you, you brought up Sano here, and that's the, that's the main conversation. So my statement is this is Miguel Sano's last chance as a twin, and I would like to see it play out, despite the fact that I've been very critical of Miguel Sano. So let's, let's start with the critical part. He's in his prime right now, which is kind of shocking, right? He's 29 years old. And if you look at the last three years, which is smack dab in the middle of his prime, ages 27, 28, and 29, when you are at your physical peak, in theory, you've been in, you've been in professional baseball for over a decade. You've got the book on pitchers. You're ready to take off. Most guys' careers spike between 25 and 31, right? So he's right in the middle of his prime. Yep. And in those three years... He's batting 209 with a 297 on base percentage and basically a league average OPS. He's below average defensively, and 37% of his plate appearances end in strikeouts. Just an automatic out, one in every four in every 10 times, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, in his prime, those three years, he has been worth 0.7 wins above a replacement level player that you could just pluck from the minor leagues. And he's obviously just constantly batting, uh, battling weight issues and conditioning issues and things like that. So all of that said, he can carry you for six weeks if he gets hot. And they need someone to help carry them here in the absence of a big trade or two. So I, I would be curious to see. There's nothing he can do in the next two months that would get me to sign him into another lucrative contract extension. But I would be really curious to see. All right, dude, you're going to get to play three or four days a week. You're probably not going to be in there every single day right away, but we're going to give you a chance for your bat to get hot, and let's see if you can carry this offense a little bit. Like I want to see. Let's let's see if he can salvage his twins' career by by giving you a hot stretch leading up to a postseason berth in October. If I don't make trades 
who am I taking at bats from? Like, well, you're going to make trades. It just depends on, right? Well, but if I don't trade Miranda and I've got a rise and I've got Buxton who, who, who cannot, who can play more than we probably all expected, but he needs to DH on a fairly consistent basis for him. Kepler doesn't need to play every day. Now, some of this is, okay, what do you do defensively then? Okay, so right. so Sano has to either DH or play first base. And Arise has to either, <clears throat> excuse me, play first base or fill in at, like, second base. But Polanco doesn't take days off. So it's kind of hard to figure out the defensive alignment. And there Polanco are some might bats be hurt, that I, too, by the way. So he, he got t- taken out of the game on Sunday. So there is a chance yep. that he's going to also have to go on the IL, I would guess. But it's like there are bats you can easily just say, all right, Nick Gordon, we don't need you in there every day. Max Kepler, we don't no longer are you considered an everyday threat with your bat. Um, Gary Sanchez, we're not married to you having to be in there over Miguel Sano. It's just what do you do with your defensive alignment there? Mm -hmm. But Jose Miranda's bat should be in there before Miguel Sano's at this point. Absolutely. I wouldn't send him down if they send him down. Over Miguel Sano at this point. Oh, I don't. Boy, think we've they, come full circle no. on that. I don't think they can at this point. Yeah. So they're not that stupid. I got. I got one more twin statement here. Um, my statement is the Twins need a knockout punch. So they have two solid jabs. Yeah, a, a solid, a solid right left, basically, and Joe Ryan, Sonny Gray, solid, a solid one-two punch. Sure. But they don't have a knockout punch. How many times have a Twins rotation looked like this? Like. Jose Barrios and Jake Odorizzi in 2019, right? Like a solid one-two punch, no knockout. Like Urban Santana and Jose Barrios in 2017 were solid. Like one-two punch, no knockout. 2010, Carl Pavano and Lariano were, were solid one-two options. You didn't have the ace, right? You didn't have the one stopper that made another team fear you that was that was literally going to shut down those bats. They need a knockout punch. I love, I like what Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray bring to the Twins. But they lack a legitimate ace that's that opposing teams look at and say, you know what, that guy's gonna be nasty today. How are we gonna get that guy out? How are we, are we how are we gonna get hits against that starting pitcher? I should say the Twins need a knockout punch, need a legitimate starter or some type of like super reliever that literally can get outs, big time outs in the postseason. All right, the pro- yeah, the go ahead, Judd. Oh, I, I was going to say. I agree completely. You're a thousand percent right, Dex. The problem is this, and this is the problem that that we're going to encounter now. The Yankees lost one of their best bullpen arms on Friday, I believe. Okay, so like now the ante has been upped there. the The Cardinals are down a couple of uh, pitchers as well, starters. The so the problem is this: what are the Twins going to offer? from a system that we know at this point is sort of depleted, right? What are the Twins going to offer that's going to get them to quote you a knockout punch type of pitcher when the competition by next Tuesday is going to be incredibly, incredibly high and some teams are going to be willing to to trade prospects that at this point I think you simply don't have. That's the question. Yeah. The other thing, like even yesterday, so the, the, we went over this on the show last week. The Twins have, I think it's six games out of the almost 100 they've played where a pitcher has gone beyond six innings. So they, they're just always having to cover three, four, five innings every single night with a subpar bullpen. And even yesterday, you're playing a bad Tigers team. Sonny Gray is mostly cruising through that game. He gets through six, only 84 pitches. He's your ace, and you pull him out of the game because 
Ah, uh, we don't like him a third time through the order, or ah, uh, we don't want him to have to push toward a hundred pitches. So they've decided in a game in which you're up. You know what were they up at the time? They were up uh, three to one. Actually, they and then they scored three in the top of the seventh. So they were up. They actually up six to one by the time the bullpen came into that game. Easy breezy game for Sonny Gray, and they don't trust him to go into the seventh or into the eighth because they want to keep his pitch count around eighty five, and that's the decision they made. Is there a starting pitcher out there? And I don't know if Montas is just because of the shoulder issues, but uh, I'd have to go see what Luis Castillo's workload has been with the Reds. But is there someone that could even just give you seven innings more often effectively that you would trust in a game like that yesterday? Like that was the game yesterday where, you know, we don't need to use three relievers to close this thing out. Let's just ride gray for another inning and then maybe bring someone in for two innings to to win a nine to one game. Why are you using three relievers in that game? That's my question. You know, so how can you help fix that at the trade deadline? Or maybe they don't want to. Maybe they would trade for Max Scherzer <laughs> and still pull him after six innings and yeah, eighty four pitches because hey, the analytics tell you Maxi baby, sorry about that. He would punch Rocco square in the face oh, if, God. if he came out in the fifth inning when it was time to get him in the third time through the order. You are yeah. exactly right. Exactly. So right. we'll see next week, trade deadline next week. Uh, all right, Judd, do you have any other twin statements or no, we get to our buffoon of the week here? No, I've I've got a, a Wolves one. Actually, oh, if, okay. if, if, can, sh- if I can just if I can shoehorn one, one in, well, yeah. I feel that there there, there was uh, an nice important press conference on fr- Friday with a cat finally being announced for his mega supermax contract. And my statement is this: It's now time to back up your words. So, cat at a press conference that that ran about twenty minutes talked about. I love being here. I want to be here. Talked about championships, which is awesome. I mean, all of that is, I think, how Wolves fans want to see this. But it's now time to back that up. It's now time to play not just as a guy with great talent, but play controlled, play smart, not complain. Uh, It's now time for Cat to take that next step as a mature player to be part of the solution and part of the run that gets you a championship. And so, so everything he said on Friday to me was great tone wise. It was fantastic. If you're a Wolves fan, if you're Conley, if if you're, if you're Finchy, it's exactly what you want to hear, but it now has to be backed up on the floor through a maturity that we have not seen and definitely did not see through that first round playoff series against the Grizzlies. See, he says a lot of big things, and sometimes I can't tell. Is he serious? Because he threw out championship or bust like three or four times. And sometimes I think he's saying that because it's what he should say. He thinks it's what he should say. And Mm -hmm. I can't tell. Is it really coming from you? Do you really feel that this team is on that level? Or are you just saying that because it's the thing to say? Mm -hmm. And uh, and I saw this come across the Score North Twitter account here, too, just a few minutes ago. So I think he might have been on NBA Today. Late last week with Malika Andrews. Yep. And she nice. asked, How can Kat and Anthony Edwards compete to be the best duo in the NBA? And Kat said, quote, Go out there and play at a level that hasn't been seen since Shaq and Kobe, if possible. So he's the one that's throwing out the Shaq and Kobe comparison and putting that expectation out there, which is like, dude, that's asking for that's a bit that's literally one of the greatest duos in NBA history. And Anthony Edwards is coming on strong as a player, but you guys are nowhere near that level yet. And I think Wolves fans hope that, yeah, maybe there's a chance they could be one of the best duos, but he's the one that just throws out Shaq, or Shaq and Kobe. We're going right. to use that as the comparison. And I wonder, like, dude, do you know what you're saying? I are, you, are you saying that to just, like, 
puff your chest, or do you actually believe that you guys are going to be Shaq and Kobe? Right. I don't know. He's just kind of a he's an odd guy. And but, I, and I think oh. we're to the point with him too, where the words to me, it's like okay, now do it, and don't get mad then when the expectation is you said this, Carl, because I feel like he gets annoyed by that or that there's pushback. It's like no, you guys. One, should be a very solid playoff team. And two, make some type of, of run. Like, you are now a good enough team. And so that also means, though, and it's the most important thing, he needs to play control. Like, he needs to, you can't then go out there in the first quarter of the first playoff game and be like, that was a foul, I didn't get the call. Yeah. You know what? Get up, be quiet, get back down the floor, and do your job. That's a championship player. Well, the thing to note about Shaq and Kobe, too, is those guys both they came into the league with these massive skill sets, right? One is a big man, one is a, a wing player guard. And they both, through work and through mentality and everything, and then having the right coaches around them too, like having Phil Jackson to hone things help, but they 100% maximized what they were supposed to be as players. Cat still has time. You know, he's only 26, 27 years old. But Cat hasn't. The way that he drops off in the playoffs and the way that he gets swallowed up by emotions and shipwrecks games with offensive fouls and things like that. Like, he's not really coming close in those biggest moments to being the best version of who he could be. Yes. And so that's the next step for him. We've all seen he can drop 60 points if everything's clicking against the Spurs. We saw that. No one's questioning his upside. It's about how often can you repeat the best version of yourself night after night and not be so impacted by you know, the game not going your way or referees or whatever it may be. So it's kind of up kind of up to him at this point. All right, boys. Every week we also throw out the buffoon of the week here on Matthew and Judd. Mm-hmm. This one presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's been around for over a hundred years, helping business owners with risk management tools and protection. And uh speaking of businesses in need of risk management, we're gonna we're going to get to a business owner here in a second that's our buffoon of the week. But if you want to find out how Federated can help your business, go to federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. Gentlemen, the buffoon of the week for 40-plus years was a titan of his industry oh. and built one of the most successful sports entertainment companies in the oh. history of mankind. And then uh, his tyrant behavior and his sexual deviant nature Finally caught up to him. Vince McMahon, come on down. You are the buffoon of the week on Mackie and Judd. This is of the XFL. This is the XFL. So a little Friday news dump last week. Of course, a Friday news dump for WWE also goes right into SmackDown, their live Friday night show. And, uh, and so it was announced that Vince is stepping down from all duties before it was, Hey, he's going to temporarily step down as the chairman or the CEO or whatever, but he's still going to be there, head of creative with his headset on every night. He's now completely done with the, the operations of the company. And I would say this is probably more for Dex because he and I are the, the diehard wrestling fans of, of the group here. I saw a lot of pushback from people that, hey, how, people dumping on Vince McMahon, you know, he built this thing that has given you joy, all of you ungrateful fans, for decades and decades. And I would just say it's possible to experience two feelings at the same time. Number one, yes, Vince McMahon built something that for many of us, Declan, has been a staple in our lives and a form of entertainment that we turn to for joy and for 
celebration, right, for generations of fans. And then you can also feel like he's a scumbag who lost his fastball years ago and has overseen a stale product for like 12 or 15 years. Yeah. And thank God that we have a shakeup coming here because it might make the WWE actually semi-watchable at some point. Hopefully. Fingers crossed, Dex. Yeah, it hasn't been like consistently. I used to watch pretty... The last time I watched Raw really consistently was about 2019, like at the peak of the Becky Lynch um, run where she had both titles, Becky two belts, and that and that was good. That that, that 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 was their first legitimately good rise up of their own star since like Daniel Bryan. And outside of that, it's been mostly just kind of blah. Um, but WWE needs this. Wrestling fans deserve this. Yes, you can be thankful for Vince McMahon and his run with Stone Cold in the late '90s and early 2000s is legitimately some of the best television of all time. Ratings wise, entertainment wise, it's incredible. Uh, but I think where WWE is going now with Triple H and even Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter now at the helm, who have helped groom kind of the next core stars that you already know about and also don't know about yet, that's good for WWE. Wrestling needs this. AEW is on their heels. Um, they've been right on them for basically the last year and a half. And the, the next thing I want is another Monday Night War, which is basically between WWE and AEW at this point. Yeah. Triple H oversaw creative for... NXT for like two, three, four years, maybe even more than that. And they were putting out some great stuff. And then they went with a total brand overhaul once AEW went up against them on, was it Wednesday nights? Yeah. So it's, I haven't watched a lot of it in the last couple of years. And then Triple H had a heart attack. and now, But now he's back as head of creative. So I'm just kind of curious. Is this going to look like the same old thing and they're just doing it without Vince? Or is it going to be a step into the future? What's going to get Judd to watch WWE every single Monday night? That's my question. Uh, I think nothing. Sorry. Okay. You know what? But that's fine. I'm glad that you guys enjoy it. It's fun to watch. I'm just probably not going to get into it. But that's fine. But that's fine. I, I feel like we, we also have a tough time when people lose their fastballs in like in like contextualizing it. Right? Glenn Taylor saved the Wolves. Awesome. Be be grateful. Yeah. That, no. No. I am grateful. I am grateful. But this thing has been run as a ma and pa apple pie shop for the last. 25 years okay uh like there's been a lot of people some good who just age some horrendous human beings who have done things sports-wise especially that have benefited us and we like but i don't think that that stops us from trying i mean everybody has a complete history it's not like to your point well be grateful and don't dump on the guy now especially if the guy turned out to be a scumbag now, Glenn did not clearly, but Vince, you know, Vince is, and I think, I think people have known about Vince for a long time. Um, yeah, but like, but like, Vince you has don't been owe him lawsuits for thirty-five years. Yeah, man. and it's not like you owe him. You know, just be thankful for Vince McMahon. Oh no, <laughs> thanks a lot. No, yeah, no, thank you for yep. the Attitude Era. It was a blast. Yes. Appreciate that. Stop being a sexual deviant right. and tyrant and all these other things. And now he's gone. He's also like just he's 77, right? At some point, dude, you're not. Yeah. Time to go. You're pushing 80, man. (laughs) Time to go. Probably not fully in touch with what's happening in 2022. So anyways, we are fully in touch with everything that's happening in 2022 (laughs) here on Mackie and Judd. Also, I believe we're launching this today. Yes. Uh, So by the time people are listening to this or watching this, the Score North and Purple Daily pop-up shop is open. So we've got some merch for the first time. In two or three years, scorenorth.com slash shop and the pop-up shop is open through midnight on August 2nd. And then orders are going to ship and and show up in the middle of August sometime. So we've got Before I Die t-shirts for you guys to get a handle on. 
Purple Daily hats and koozies and all items are free shipping. So scorenorth.com slash shop if you want some uh, Before I Die, Purple Daily, and uh, other Scornorth apparel. Nice. So, all right, boys. We are one day closer to the first full Vikings practice. Purple Daily has got you covered every single day. So check that out. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd.